Nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast for 1900hotdog.com. Go to our Patreon and support our all star cast of comedy writers who champion the dying art of funny words by pictures. I'm the internet Sean Baby, and with me in the zone is the Billy Lee to my Jimmy Lee, Robert Brockway. Uh, I am nobody's palette swap, sir. Uh, <laughs> here's a Brockway fact I have before and will again eat an entire roast chicken I find in a barrel. No follow-up questions. I don't think I have any. That's a, that's a story. You don't want to know where my delicious chicken end. barrels are from? That's the first no. question I would ask. I, from punching the barrel, I, I already know. Or throwing yeah, a man where, into it. See, where are they located is, is like the, the question street, I was anticipating. A bar, the subway, wherever you keep your chicken barrels. Our guest today, <laughs> to side scroll and mean street patrol, is a beloved internet artist whose work is featured in games, magazines, and all over our own site, Rusty Shackles. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I really appreciate being on to talk about one of my favorite subjects in the world, beat em up video games. Yes. Is that what we're doing? Well, yeah, we are. <laughs> I think that's the best thing about having a podcast is being able to curate adult conversations about things I otherwise would never get to talk about. Like my wife will not talk about Final Fight with me for, for an hour like we're about to. <laughs> but now you get to demand that of your friends and be like, this is a good yes. promotional opportunity yep. yes. for you to only talk about the thing that I am interested in and not at all about the thing you're interested like, in. Can you imagine if you're just at a bar and some dude is sitting next to you and he's like, oh, hey, River City Ransom. And you're like, what? What? And you, I get to Fuck talk yeah. about River City Ransom at the bar? Fuck. <laughs> this is a- Waiting my whole life for this moment. Yes. So, yeah, Rusty, uh, let's let's do some plugs. Sure. Where can people find um, you? So uh, the easiest one will be t- on Twitter, uh, which is just Rusty underscore Shackles. You can see my art and my nonsense there. Um, I'm on Instagram as artist Rusty Shackles, all one word. And that's just my art. No nonsense. And I like your nonsense. You, oh, well, thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I wish there was <laughs> more nonsense is my only complaint. <laughs> Uh, so I also did uh, kind of tying into the theme of the podcast. I uh, am a artist for uh, Hardcore Gaming One Hundred One dot and we've done I've done a uh, eleven books covers for them that are currently available on Amazon. But one of the most recent ones, of course, was Beat 'Em Ups, and that ties in today. Perfect. Yeah, you've trained uh, your whole life for for this discussion. I think. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. For exactly this day to dominate a quarter this conversation. Sp- <laughs> when I was at, when I was a kid at pizza places, just sinking coin after coin into uh, Final Fight, I was like, I, yeah. one day I will meet this a man. Well, exactly. I'm not sure if we're against each other in this, but uh, you better win. <laughs> I think we should add a, an element of competition. Uh, what we're doing today is we each brought um, three games to discuss, and we're all given the same criteria. What's the best beat 'em up unironically? What's the best beat 'em up, but you're allowed to fuck around? And wild card category, which is basically nothing. It's as close to, I don't know, pick a fucking video game as you can get as a podcast host. So those are the three categories, best, best, but crazy, and what the fuck ever. Uh, so the only real rule I gave was that uh, it's a soft one that we should pick from back in the day games, mostly um, because, uh, just to be fair, because modern retro games are 
almost always better than the ones that inspired them. And if you're doing like best beat em up of all time, you probably want to go with Scott Pilgrim or Shredder's Revenge or River City Girls or Streets of Rates 4. Those are like objectively better in most ways than the originals besides the tech upgrades. They built on decades of game design, yada, yada. You get it. So we kind of went all 90s. Uh, so we're and... ruling out the basic human progress. Right. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're stuck in the nostalgia of our teenage years. Fantastic. Uh, like, like everyone is. Uh, That's how I prefer to be, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, uh, I know, Rusty, you and your kid kind of work through uh, a lot of these classics. Uh, do you have a main cabinet at home that you play these on, or do you? Yeah, so um, there's a it, – it ties into my game choice. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. But the um, there's a, a certain kind of thing you can buy on Amazon, and I don't want to open a Pandora's box. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but – it's a certain kind of arcade cabinet that you can just get online that has 3000 games in it. And of course it's huh. highly illegal, but sure. uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, illegal, but yeah, but we, it's in every home. <laughs> right. And it's not expensive either, uh, but we can, we actually have gone through a number of games. He's kind of at, a, at an age now where he's losing the patience to go through them. Um, mm-hmm. Like we started going through Ninja Baseball, Batman, and it became a fight at the fifth oh, level in real yes. life. And I was like, okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's, so we're, we mostly focus on weird fighters like Karnov's Revenge uh, uh-huh. uh, and stuff like that now. But we, like, his, the first game he beat was the Simpsons arcade game, uh, yeah. which cost us far less at home than we would have been at the arcade. So, yes, yeah, it would have cost good. you everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good point. Uh, that was a Konami game, that and Ninja Turtles and uh, X Men are probably the most ubiquitous yeah. beat em ups. Uh, those are in every bowling alley, every pizza place. And I found them really inferior to the uh, Technos and the Capcom ones. Yep. I think that you can't trust turtles. Like sometimes you hit a guy and you're <laughs> like, dude, my pixels are so deep in your pixels. Why didn't you get hit? Other times you grab them and throw them. And you're like, why the fuck did I throw them with that stab and not the other stab? Like Ninja Turtles is tough. Plus the guys on the side are at a weird angles, So they kind of don't go up and down. Right. Or, you know what, I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I'm so, convinced they were designed to fuck with you. Like, especially yes. there's some sections in the Sim- Simpsons game that that it is designed to cost you that 50 cents because everywhere it always costs 50 cents because they right. knew they knew you right. want to play this game. This game's going to be really mean <laughs> to you. It's going to have to cost 50 cents and I'm going to retire on it. Yeah. And so, I don't want to brag. I can beat Final Fight on a quarter, but like you just can't do that on Turtles. Like, I, I don't think I'm so, someone obviously can, but I've never met them. And I wouldn't want to try. Uh, so well, let's get started. Um, who wants to go first with the best unironic beat-em-up game? Uh, I don't know that I have pure unironic anything in me. I think uh, the way I live my life and function has like about 40% irony. I think. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'm yeah. not great. Maybe I'm not great <laughs> to go first. Although okay. Oh, please, why don't, why don't you get us started? All right. Well, my best, and keep in mind all the warnings I just gave you, my <laughs> best and favorite is Captain Commando. I think that's a solid choice. That's a very solid okay. choice. Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Uh, 1991 <laughs> from, from Capcom, of course, Captain mm-hmm. Commando, which took me, I want to say, seven years to get that joke. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was basically they should have named it after the baby, right? Like it should have been yeah. robot yeah. baby armor. 
It should have. Well, or or the other's a ninja and a mummy. I can't. That's a, a fucking weird crew. mummy from outer space. See, that's why I picked it. Is because as a as a kid, when I found Captain Commando in the wild, which was always kind of rare, like it wasn't so rare that you would never see it, but it had to mm-hmm. be like a real good arcade for you to right. to run into the machine. I, I never always found assumed it until Mame. Okay, really? Oh, you never had yeah. it as a kid? Never found it. Oh wow! I must have been really I, I lucky. Seen, I had like two arcades. <laughs> I would see the Super Nintendo port of it a lot, but I rarely saw it in the arcade. See, I don't think I ever saw the... I, I never had it at home. It was always like, a, I have to find this in the wild thing. And it felt like such a special occasion because I assumed there was some sort of deep lore or backstory or I assumed it was like maybe an adaptation of of a manga or an anime or something that I right. did not get because it's so rich and deep with weirdness and it's so very casual about its weirdness it's just like hey uh here are your four characters there's uh <laughs> captain commando you know him no need to introduce him uh now real quick though uh here's here's mac the knife he's a mummy from outer space and he stabs people with his knives and uh that, that's something here's a ninja don't worry about him here's a baby <laughs> in a giant mech and uh his name's his name's Babyhead. Uh, yeah, to go. His name was Babyhead. <laughs> it was just such a like so many so much of the cast in these games was like was like Hagar was like a big guy that wants to be mayor. And like, yeah, you can get him immediately, but then you run into Captain Commando in the wild, and you're like, I can be a a hip hop mummy from outer space or a <laughs> baby and a robot. What the yeah. fuck is this? It, that does imply like years of backstory that that led us to this it does and it was so casual about it so it wasn't like the we're the weird game it was like this is the most natural thing in well he's the he's in the capcom isn't he like the the capcom fan club or something wasn't now he like I, I i looked it up for this i never looked yeah. by looking it up before it i just kept it as the weird thing that had a part of my childhood but he was sort of an unofficial mascot of capcom in the 80s before well before this game and they <laughs> They had him on like their packaging and in their manuals for other games, but they never explained him or gave him any lore. He would just be on the back and he would be like congratulating you on buying, you know, Capcom or whatever and be like, right. <laughs> and and I'm Captain Commando and you'll find out more about me later. And he kept saying that in like every appearance and then he'd show up with weirder and weirder shit. And like, I think one of them, he had like an alien chimp and was like, this is my buddy. And I keep promising you'll find out more about him later. And that would have just I, bounced right off my brain. If you, if you show me a superhero guy with a with a with an ape, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, totally normal. It's the baby and the mummy where I'm like, wait, what the what are you doing? <laughs> right. He so he kept promising that you're gonna you're gonna find out more about him later, and uh, and he did this. I think it started in 1986. So he did it for five years. Hidden <laughs> 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 across. Across packaging <laughs> until he showed up in this game. And what I love the most about this game was that there wasn't really an intro or anything that gave you like, I'm Captain Commando, who you've seen on these packages. And I've it was right. just like, let's fucking go. You'll find out about me later. <laughs> do they and set up you, any kind of a plot? No. The, they, well, they do. Okay. They do. But only once you beat the game. <laughs> oh, and then you find so, out. Okay. So yeah, once you beat the game, it, it captain like the the mayor or president is congratulating you on beating Scumicide, who apparently is the name of the last guy who's just a big fucking flesh beast. 
It's like he was genetically engineering super criminals. You're like, oh, that's what the fuck that oh, is. That explains <laughs> it. Goes, so you were the good like guy. That, or reassuring. Yes. But then there's there's a moment where the president turns to the screen that Captain Commando is talking to him on and goes, and who are you? In <laughs> 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 the ending of his own game, he goes, I'm Captain Commando. The end. Amazing. That's as much explanation as you Amazing. ever got. And it's it was and they so had five weird. years. They had five years of like pressure of like, hey, I'll tell you who I am. And they did that for five years. Someone back there was like, God, I got to come up with something. Fucking <laughs> something Baby? wild. Mummy? Oh, wow. They were uh, doing edging before it was popular, I guess. So. <laughs> yes, the Captain Commando edging. <laughs> quarter, quarter edging. <laughs> Put in another quarter to not quite come. Which means that was their fetish was having the president not know their name. That was like, the, that's how they get off. They're like, yes. It was such a, like, just shot. in vibes too. Like the levels were, I think it was, I think it was just like regular city, right? Which everybody started out as. But if you, if you mm-hmm. kept going with it, there was some kind of dinosaur building, like maybe a museum, but it was never clear to me, like as a kid. <laughs> and then there was like a house full of ninjas, like ninja roommates. Just standard. All living together. And then the circus, which I guess, which was bog standard. And then there's, there was a level on a jet powered surfboard where you have to punch through all of the billboards that are floating in the sea, which was (laughs) all the billboards they have cut loose to roam the sea. And, And then you, I think you go to Atlantis and then you're on the spaceship and then you end. And I never got to the last, I never got to the spaceship. Or uh, or the last level, which is an opium den in space. <laughs> Very nice. Like literally, just there's guys in the back, like half alien monstrosities in the background, just smoking hookahs with with alien bitches on either side, and just I just a madness. That's that was so like normal at the time. Like I don't think I would have considered questioning that as a kid. Like why are, why are they here? Why why are the billboards in the ocean? Like it's just. <laughs> I don't think there's a coherent fighting game. Maybe Final Fight, where it's like, hi, I'm the mayor, and my, they kidnap my daughter, and this is her boyfriend and his lover, and we're going to go fight this the Mad Street, Mad Gear gang. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. But, right, I have two other choices that are, are just as confounding, but they're much more, like, down to earth. And, like, the the enemies, I mean, the enemies are always sort of themed to the level in most places. And I yeah. think they, they are in Ninja House and Captain Commando. But aside from that, it's like it's like four guys in hazmat suits, the alien from Aliens, two cavemen, and one breakdancer with a broken <laughs> bottle, like on screen at the same time. And you're like, yes. fucking what is even happening? I always assumed that I was like fighting through the collapse of time somehow. <laughs> like like I sense. thought it was much more meta than it was because it was just like, no, this is what the streets look like. This is, this is what society went. It's sort of like a manga take on crisis on infinite earth. If they didn't know anything else about the characters, just throw them all in one big pot. Let them have fun. I love it. I love it too. Let me, I mean, I, because I looked all of this up and I want to give answers to people who, uh, who like me just left this as a question unanswered in their, their mind for decades. Uh, <laughs> Captain command. This is from the wiki. Uh, Captain commando. Other things he uses are the captain goggles, which help him identify a criminal's face at a distance of two kilometers. I can't imagine oh. that showed up in the game. Uh, the captain protector, which is made of a super tough material called captanium. Okay. And stands okay. up to a trillion degree heat. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you can fight in the heart of the sun. <laughs> Why not? Uh, the Captain Gauntlet, which multiplies Captain's power 48 times. 48 okay. precisely. And uh, Captain Boots, which makes it possible for him to take a 100 meter fall without injuries or damage to the boots. <laughs> That's important to know. <laughs> Imagine if no injuries, but my boots explode every time. <laughs> Honestly, I think if you ask a child to like describe a video game character, that's exactly who they would come up with. Oh, like, he can fight on the sun if he has to. You never uh-huh. know. Yeah, sure, he like, can uh-huh, fall off anything because of his magic shoes. Oh, also, <laughs> also, a lot of kids wouldn't think of this, but they don't break. You're probably they thinking they're like airbags, <laughs> one-time use. No, 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 no. Yeah, you assumed, and uh, he gets up to 48 times more powerful. Not 50. <laughs> no. Just short, just short of 50. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Mac the Knife is a mummy-like alien from outer space. As weapons, he uses subsonic knives that melt any enemy he he hits, which I didn't quite pick up on. I thought he was just Subsonic, meaning he cannot ever swing them faster than the speed of sound. I guess not. Under any circumstances, will these knives go? If you put them on a plane, they'll fall out the back of the plane if it starts to go supersonic. <laughs> they'll stab through the plane, which is yes. which is what they do. Other things he has are the Captain Cap, which is a souvenir from his first meeting with Captain Commando. Not specified. <laughs> what, what or why? The genetic bandage, which is is his life sustaining equipment for survival on Earth. Because he died so, when he first met Captain Commando. I guess, yes, because Captain Commando was like, fucking, I'm not dealing with a mummy from outer space. Have <laughs> have a trillion degree punch from 100 kilometers in the sky. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's why he's a mummy, is he's wrapped in genetic bandages, which he needs to live. And the genetic knife, which of course melts all manner, and gravity controllers, which are his pair of shoes that adjust the gravitational pull to where it's best for the battles. Yeah, this Rusty's right. This was a child yeah. made this up. These are words that don't mean what the author thinks they mean. Everybody got special shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like replay all of this. I replayed a little bit just to get the vibe, but I don't remember. And I certainly did not see any of this in the game at any point. Yeah, it doesn't sound very relevant. Those uh, knives can... sound awesome on paper, but it still took him a few hits to kill stuff. Yeah, like he wasn't immediate one hit killing everybody. There's Ginzu the ninja, who is just a ninja, no second thing needed or added. Uh, right. You just got a ninja, and of course, baby head. That's that was always my favorite. Was the baby an inexplicable robot? Uh, <laughs> the the baby commando is a super genius infant. Didn't get that one. Super genius infant who fights using a robot of his own design. See, I always thought, and this is actually wilder, I thought somebody just put a baby in a robot and like <laughs> let it go. <laughs> I didn't realize it was like this is like I built my my super body to take over the world as a baby because my my own baby body is inferior. I just thought it was like somebody was like, let's see what this baby does. Yeah. It's so easy a baby can use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy a baby can use it and they just test it and they just kind of forget about it. Like, oh, he's, like, he's gone. Well, he, Sorry, he's guys. gone. I'm not getting him back. Have you seen <laughs> see how he punches? Uh, the features he uses are the talking machine, which resembles a baby pacifier and allows him to speak the three million languages of the cosmos. That's so stupid. You gotta explain the pacifier you put on the baby design, and that's how you do it. Why the fuck does the baby have a pacifier? Listen, let me tell you why. Um, uh, C3PO. It because of C3PO. (laughs) 
It's C-3PO in his mouth all the time. Yes. Wait, that sounds bad to have C-3PO in a baby's mouth all the time. I don't like the way that. So it's just a little nub of C-3PO, just a tiny little nub. He's <laughs> oh. sucking the tiny nub of C-3PO. Okay, there's no bad. You said there was no bad ideas in brainstorming. You can't throw me out now. You can't. Uh, the three million languages of the cosmos. Just fantastic. He also Fantastic. has the stable cradle, which keeps the robot from rocking, no matter how far it's tilted. <laughs> so, yeah. so no matter what happens, the baby will be fine. Don't, don't feel bad if, if you lose. It keeps the cradle for, but he has a fucking thing that speaks three million languages and a robot of his own design. And we also have to be like, and also he, you know, has a nice cradle that keeps him from rocking. Yeah. Uh, it's again, like a child at the very end of all that, that wait, we don't want to kill the baby. Uh, this thing, it has like a little baby shield to prevent the baby from getting shaken to death. <laughs> it has little rubber bumpers that specifically prevent shaking. So you can't shake him. His one weakness. <laughs> His one weakness is being shaken. Uh, the robot's called the Silver Fist Vehicle, and it has 12,000 horsepower. Just a ridiculous thing. I don't know. No, it doesn't. It goes like three miles. It goes walking. Yeah. Uh, it's... <laughs> It mounts, it's, for some reason it says it mounts fuzzy logic control missile launcher. I don't understand any of that. Uh, and that the missile launcher is actually a missile production facility built inside the leg. Oh. Oh, so he's got that, a... Again, like someone thought, how is he going to get more missiles? You know what? <laughs> missile you can't just give missiles to a baby. Yeah. I mean, if I, was sell, if I was selling missiles, a baby's the last person. I would sell it to a mummy before I would sell missiles to a baby. Yeah, that's just irresponsible. That's why the baby yeah, has to build point. his own missiles. <laughs> of course. I just like that yeah, we rounded sure. this out by giving everybody special foot and leg wear. Every single yes. character. And just to sort of explain away something. Uh, internally, I call this Luminian logic. Uh, uh, let me explain that. There's a this old Superman cartoon from the 60s, and Lex Luthor once pulled down these monsters called Luminians from space. And they come out and they're like, we are the Luminians. We are made of laser light. We vaporize anything we touch, except with the soles of our feet. And I thought that was such a funny like add-on to explain, oh shit, these guys would fall straight through the floor. They're like, nope, nope, <laughs> check this out. Except the soles of their feet. Now, it feels like this is very Luminian logic to be like, right, they thought about it launcher. when the uh, art was done, but not the work. Yes. So they were like, exactly. okay. <laughs> Which is what happened with, I assume, all of Captain Commando. They asked for this and they showed up with this fucking crazy art. And they're like, all right, I'm going home. And they're like, what? No, come on. You have to. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what happened to his fucking chimpanzee? There's no chimpanzee in this. Oh, my God. That baby <laughs> tore it up and turned it into missiles. <laughs> you got to feed that missile creator. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes. It takes chimps for fuel. I think you made a great choice Thank for you. your for your best game. I uh, I played through Captain Commando at least a couple of times. I, I really love it. For my uh, best choice, I picked the Combat Tribes. The yes. Combat Tribes. I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, it's got to be Combat Tribes. It's got to be Combat Tribes. That's what me and my brother always called it. Uh, it's a Technos game. This was what they made after uh, Double Dragon. And uh, it's got three guys in it. It's got Berserker. He's the guy with guile hair. It has Blitz. Perfect. He's the one with the ponytail. And there's a guy named Bulova. He was the black one. I think that's some kind of a weird X. Uh, I looked it up for this. And uh, I got there's a watch called that. And I think they named it after the X. Anyway, they also each wear a single color jumpsuit. So you can tell them apart if you're hair blind. 
I think they're supposed <laughs> to be cyborgs, but uh, they're fantastic. They're like, That's the best kind of world building. It's where it's maybe sort of implied they're cyborgs, or yes. I think maybe on the Super Nintendo they might have said they were cyborgs. I don't know why I think they're cyborgs, but they're two feet taller than every enemy in the game. They're just complete it's monsters. Always, it's always open to your interpretation. Yes. But uh, it's Technos, and they did River City Ransom, they did Double Dragon, so they have the guys move pretty fast. It, everything feels really nice. Uh, they have a runability, which is something Technos usually put in their games. Uh, they also did WWF Superstars, which is my all-time favorite arcade game. Uh, anyway, they, they, they're That's really the good at own, squeezing. Right? Yeah. That's the one Rebel uh, is training to be an absolute master on. <laughs> yeah, she's good at honky-tonk. Uh, from, they, a, from a young age. <laughs> I, uh, what I like about that a game, especially, and with Combo Tribes, is you only have two buttons, but they can fit like 10 or 20 moves on there. Uh, and uh, Combo Tribes is really good about that, where once you knock a guy down in Combo Tribes, you can pick him up and giant swing him. You can knee drop him on the back. You can sit on him and smash his face into the mat. You can just pick him up and then throw him into his friends. Yeah, that's uh, that double dragon shit, that River City yeah. Ransom shit, where you just... It's got a yes. really meaty combat system. And, I, I, and to that point, too, I think this is technically the... The fourth Double Dragon? I, I think this was like started to be a Double Dragon game. And then yeah, like, I think you're right. They went a different they, route. Yeah. Yeah. This will never fit in the airtight plot of the Double <laughs> Dragon universe. I can't see Bimmy and Jimmy doing this, but. <laughs> Bimmy and Jimmy. Belova. I, th- I think um, what happened was Double Dragon 3 got passed off to another developer, and that was a shit show. And so then that they didn't want to make Double Dragon 4 because that IP was kind of dead at the time. I think I, I'd because have to look it Because it will up. acknowledge Double Dragon 3. Yeah, that's a that was a real mess. Uh, but yeah, that, but you're right. That's it's really robust system. It's like uh, at the end of River City Ransom when your guy has like all the moves, uh, but better than River City Ransom in that. Uh, here's a critique on River City Ransom. It's going to sound crazy, but that's not a perfect game. Uh, most of the time, when you punch the guy in River City Ransom, if they hit the ground, they're dead. So all the stuff you had that like fucked with guys in the ground was totally useless. Like there's a million moves in that game to mess with someone after you've knocked them down, but nobody lives long enough for you to use them. Whereas combat tribes, they're like really durable. Like they can't fight for shit, but like you can knock them down several times and then mess with them there. Oh yeah. That's the best. Cause you know, there was never like a guide that told you anything about the game. It was only fucking around. Like you would, yes. you would play that game in the arcade for like two straight years and you would still find a new move and be like, what the fuck yes. is this? How did I do that? <laughs> I'm not, I've got to spend $20 trying to figure out how I did that. Uh, I really like that. Like you could grab two guys at once and smash their heads together. It had like a really satisfying heft to everything. You'd punch a guy and he'd get knocked back and topple into his friends and you'd shake like the whole crew. Uh, and <laughs> and just that was away. really unusual. Like some fighting games, you'd punch one guy and the other guys just didn't take that punch. Or in like Final Fight, you'd punch like every guy would react to that single punch. It didn't feel like you're fighting a crowd so much as like a bunch of sprites. Whereas this just really felt like you were plowing into a bunch of real dudes. Uh, I think the theme is perfect. You start uh, against a biker gang and then you kill a carnival with juggling clowns, which I love. Gotta have the circus level. Carnival also Everybody, have Circuses were a big dangerous circus. place in yeah. the 90s. Nobody realizes this. I feel like everyone worked backwards from setting and what you could fight in that setting. So that someone was like carnival and they'd have the whiteboard out they're like what could you fight at a carnival and someone's like oh hell yeah you could fight jugglers clowns a carnival uh yes every every single one of the games i brought has a circus level (laughs) (laughs) uh this the next level there's a a group i liked called the uh, slash skate screamers which is a great game yeah and it was just a 700 person roller hockey team operating out of a pinball arcade 
and then then you move on to a to a stadium and you fight the stadium barbarians who's just random dirtbags and their native american mascot and that's <laughs> my favorite kind of idea so maniac sat down to thought what kind of enemies would you face at a stadium and they're like i don't know peanut vendors no 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 the goddamn cleveland indian that's who's there but he's also uh, this is gonna sound weird. He's a little sexy, like he's, he's like got this little loincloth on and these like buff legs, and you're like, okay, like he'll kick and like half his butt cheek will come out. And I'm like, I think, I think this is for the ladies or the fellas, whatever. I think Bolova, he was into it, or for uh, the last children just learning about life. Yeah, it's just if you want to know what a taint looked like, yeah, just like educational Minnesota. experiences for children. <laughs> The last level, you fight a group called the Slaughter Troops, another great name. They're a paramilitary organization, and they have their own skyscraper. So there's an elevator part, which is another very important part, uh, along with circuses. Uh-huh. You've got to have an elevator fight. Uh, uh, but speaking of, if you guys did not pick games that have elevator fights, you can get the fuck out right now. <laughs> Just fuck it. Let's make that clear. Uh, I can't remember if they all had it. It's one of, some of them definitely have elevator fights. Captain Commando for sure has a lift sequence, though. So. Yeah, yeah sure. they have a lift sequence. I'm trying to remember. It might be the only one. It might be the only one that has an elevator fight. So I guess I lose. I guess I just lost. Well, here's another thing I like in fighting games that they don't do all the time, but I love it when they do is a boss run or a, a boss rush, I guess you call it. Uh, so you get to the last level and you fight all the bosses again, which in this game are a fat biker, Karnov from the hit game Karnov, the Indian mascot, uh, who was weirdly sexy, and the <laughs> evil military commander with cyber bayonet hands. Great. No notes. Fantastic enemy. One of these things is not like the others. (laughs) (laughs) One of these uh, things is just doesn't get along as well in the break room behind the scenes. uh, You might have noticed I didn't say anything about the plot of Comet Tribes because I don't I'm not sure there is one. But here at the end, there's a twist because there's like an evil businessman. And you're obviously bold to have a twist without a plot. Yes, (laughs) agreed. He's like, I'm the main bad guy. But then he dies. And then this girl who you've never seen before gets out of a limo and she's like, I'm the actual main bad guy. No words. Like there's no text. It's just like this story is told with murder alone. She gets out. She's just a lady with electric powers. You beat her to death, leave her for dead. And then the combat tribes disappear. And this is explicitly stated. Like they're just gone. They disappear. And the narrator promises they will return. If the shadow of violence again falls on the city, which is beautiful and poetic. And it's just like, these guys showed up. Tattooed over my heart. Yeah. So, so I was gonna say actually to back up your thing about cyborgs. I I mm-hmm. I remember in the original. I think the SNES version. Um, mm-hmm. I found the original ad for it because it's this comic book ad, and it confirms that the main boss of the game, who is Martha Splatterhead of the oh. you know Connecticut Connecticut Splatterhead. Connecticut. <laughs> um, so she, it's confirmed that she's a cyborg in that because in the SNES version, when she is right before she comes out to fight you she says it is only you that can stop my destructive cyborg acts which is so it's like I, the I don't ninja know three rules you... only a cyborg can stop a cyborg <laughs> yeah that's an, maybe a really unwise thing to say to somebody that you're about to fight when I mean, you lose that fight in your mind before you lose it you know out on the street <laughs> it's kind of it's a kind of like it's kind of like big boss and uh and uh, naked snake i guess there was they you know only he could stop her i guess i, I really don't know i think it, right. and also if you look at if you some deep cut metal gear lore it's my one weakness. Oh, that always removes the confusion from a conversation when you bring up Metal Gear. Like, hey, let me let me clear this thing up. It's sort of like in Metal Gear. Like, no, 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 no. This is just going to make things more confusing. 
And also, clearly, they also just straight up stole Jack Nicholson's Joker from the 89 Batman movie for the ad with with no apology. But they do also nice. have clowns for uh, uh, Rockway's circus. So, yeah, they, they cover all bases here. All the we've got circus, we've got elevator fight. I don't think there's a train fight in Combat Ooh. Tribes, which is another important element of, of these games. Got a train fight so. in Captain Commando. Hell yes. So, uh, Rusty, what'd you bring for your, your best on Ironic? So, we were talking about uh, meme stuff earlier, and to me, this mm-hmm. game is the... Uh, the system seller for a for Mame, which is free, of course. Um, right. but, <laughs> so it's okay, right? So Aliens versus Predator by Cap. Oh yeah. Uh, to me, this is like this was the reason why I downloaded Mame to begin with. This because like this X Men uh, Simpsons had never come home, but this one, it's 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 also never come home officially uh, in any format. Like a couple years ago, uh, Simpsons and X Men were on the PlayStation Three, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Aliens vs. Predator only came out in that weird arcade stick that's shaped like the word Capcom uh, from a few years back. I don't remember okay. that at all. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. That sounds well, like what's the worst it, idea I've ever heard. It's Yeah, it's let me get out the Capcom stick and play my games. But the, the funny thing is, too, because we were talking about the bootleg uh, consoles earlier, those same people apparently got the same mold from whoever makes this capcom stick mm-hmm. so you'll see something that's got like snk characters all over it that spells out the word capcom um <laughs> if you <laughs> which is a weird like I, I don't know yeah so but yeah aliens versus predator to me uh when i was a kid i remember reading the dark horse comics and seeing aliens versus predator there and then in predator 2 uh you saw the alien skull on the in in, in the ship yeah. i was like oh sweet, this is gonna happen and activated we activated the imaginations game. of a thousand nerds oh, that was man. that was our cinematic universe back that was beyond kids. nick fury that was just that was just super awesome and so eventually we got this game which i think to me is the one true payoff to the concept because the movies and some of the most of the other games i i think don't really live up to the to the promise of it mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, again, too excellent depth of combat system. Like it's everything. You guys have more notes on this stuff. I didn't really want to break everybody down, but I could do what I can. <laughs> the Predator has Predator stuff. Yeah, um, we know. No, everybody feels really different. <laughs> of all the games that we brought, like yeah. uh, everybody in Combat Tribes is more or less the same. Captain Commando, there's some variety, but like Aliens vs Predator, all those guys play super different. Like, yeah, and even uh, has that downstab that is just fucking from heaven. Like, I don't know, this is a hot tip for that game. When you get to the first (laughs) boss, you could just bounce on that dude's head for the whole fight with Kurosawa. That's my hot Aliens vs. Predator tip. (laughs) You're on the the, first name basis with all of the characters. (laughs) You also have Dutch from uh, the original Predator, but he's got a cyborg arm now, which is just like, okay, that's Uh perfect. Everybody's cyborgs. (laughs) You also have a It's just implied, even if it's not specified. (laughs) That baby (laughs) in that robot was a cyborg, like the baby himself. (laughs) It's crazy. But you also have the, the necessary lift sequence. You've got mm-hmm. the uh, the the bonus stage that becomes a running gun just to break up the action. Um, there's not much else I can really say about it. If you haven't played this game, steal it. Like, uh, you, please. It was also a payoff because it came like the movies came when we were all adults that had been teased yeah. by all of this stuff. This was like our only approach to it as like still somewhat children. Right. So and I would, I think, like, yeah, I would still get excited is, to see like Wayland Utani mentioned. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Now I'm just like, uh, whatever, nerd. You know. Yeah. Canonically, this was our <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> I like it. It does a fighting game thing. I like where you're already just 
an overpowered god and they'll like drop a weapon for you they're like you you can already shoot lasers and throw like your predator frisbee but like what if your lasers were 40 percent better so you can pick <laughs> up this gun go ahead you don't need it but it's here and also too, and the, you the bash end. people over the head with it yeah and yes. at the end of the game also like it fulfills the kind of like yeah we were cool now but next time we'll meet as enemies the predator is saying oh no we're gonna we're gonna hunt you guys next time yeah so it set up a sequel that could have been i was like oh man so yeah again too this is this is something like if i see it in an arcade i will i you know or a barcade or whatever i will absolutely spend plenty of time it's a it's my happy place i, I love mm-hmm. this more than any other fighting game again too part of it probably is the fact that it never came home officially there's never been a proper port but that makes it unique and special to me. It's a great choice. It was uh, it was in my top five for sure. We we we, we sorted that out. We we yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was telling Brockway that we were fighting over it when we were first talking about which ones we're bringing. <laughs> I was like, me and Rusty were uh, two minutes into this fucking email. We're already fighting about <laughs> this was designed to make us fight. It's true. This was <laughs> if you want to start a fight amongst nerds, like if you ever need some sort of distraction at a comic con for like a heist. This is what you do. You're like, okay, nobody, no overlap. Everybody pick your top three beat 'em up games, and you'll just we, we, we turn the f- a beat 'em up game. Yeah, we we turn the friendly fire back off for the podcast, so we would right. go smooth and, and not injure each other. So, uh, do you want to go first for best ironic, Rusty? Okay, the uh, floor. Yeah, well, thank you. So, um, my insane ironic just oddball choice is a game called night slashers by data east um very familiar oh man i love this game so to me like data east as a company i kind of describe them as the canon film group of video games because yeah they're very schlocky their stuff is just kind of real basic 80s vhs stuff but when it works it absolutely works and this one is sort of like like a half step between Splatterhouse and Dead Rising, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the uh, it really embraces the uh, the horror aspect too. Like it, it's super bloody for the game, the time frame it came out. I, I I can honestly say I don't think I've seen this in the arcades. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, is this even in arcades? Because I looked it up. I've never played it, but I looked it up after you showed me. I was like, this looks like it rules. And I, I yeah. don't remember. I would have known about this name, if it yeah. was in an arcade. In a weird way, it's almost insane this game isn't more popular because um, this is like this totally appeals to like you know the, the Sam Raimi horror fans, the splat, you know, the, the over the top. I believe I fans. saw Ash in one of the screenshots. Like actual Ash. There may have been. I don't know if it's it was weird. a playable character or an enemy or something, but there was somebody that looked possibly not prosecutably Ash, but was clearly <laughs> Ash. There was one guy who's like, he's they, they didn't want to do like a, a typical uh, hockey mask type uh enemy or whatever like a jason type so it's it's weird though because like the guys that they have running around with the hockey mask all have like these kind of like green generic face mask and end up looking like um leslie vernon if you've ever seen that horror movie yeah um, i think so yeah it's yeah it's a, one of my favorites but yeah it, he kind of looks like a prototype leslie vernon so like in my head i'm like that's who that is um huh. but this yeah the, the, the funny vernon thing is video okay there you go. So the the funny thing is, too, is like two of the characters are pretty boilerplate. There's Christopher, who is like if Richter Belmont was a Mater D. Um, okay, just, <laughs> that's just a basic, of course. Obviously. <laughs> just that's the a default. very you you expect. Okay, I expect to get a fancy what guy. Is a Mater D. <laughs> Miserable bag of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Hong Hua, who is the the girl who get this isn't as strong, but she's fast. Huh. So I, that's, that's a, a, a novel way to explore yeah. the uh, differences between the sexes. You huh. know, 
women be shopping and, and faster, I guess. Oh, she likes um, shopping too. That's a great personality. <laughs> the key, that should be your though, ending. <laughs> the, the main character who like really stands out to, I, I don't think I've ever picked anybody else if given the choice is Jake Thomas, who looks like if Rob Liefeld went back in time and was created Captain America from jump. Um, <laughs> He's like got this that a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's got this real shaggy 80s rocker hair. Um his back actually has Captain America stripes but it's not continued on the front. Um he also has cyborg arms. Um his according to the game's uh attract mode screen, uh he's called the psychic cyborg, but to my knowledge he has no psychic power. He's a Does he have cyborg powers? Yeah, well, he's got cyborg arms, so he's got that. I'm not sure if he's got like you know if he can make his own missiles. So I don't know if he's in the same category as Baby. I see, that's that's maybe the good world building you need that you're missing. Yeah, right. how does this character compare to Baby? He's got a flag on his back, <laughs> so when he walks away from you, you know who kicked your ass. <laughs> but he's he just is this very violent weirdo, and he he makes the game for me. I think so. But yeah, that's Night Slashers by Data East. It's very good. Do you uh, know uh, Tecmo Knight? Have you played Tecmo Knight? I th- think that was PSP, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was arcade. I don't know if they ever adapted it for home, but it was like this arcade game that was like wildly violent. It opened up with like a guy getting dismembered by a tiger oh, yeah, monster yeah. and then a woman getting stabbed directly in the head. It like cut to black <laughs> like right before it went in, but it's like, Jesus Christ. And uh, you <laughs> played a little, little black tiger guy who rode on a Native American who could turn into a tiger or a dragon. Wait, wait, what? Uh, Hold on. Yeah. Say yeah. that again. So you I rode sure on the shoulders. Got... You rode on the shoulders of a native American guy. He's so that Smoke was Man. the right order of <laughs> yes. things. Yes. Okay. And then the native American man could turn into a tiger. And if you were lucky, uh, you would get a head from one of the guys you killed. And that would let you turn into a dragon. That was very rare. And you were totally invincible. And you killed these Dr. Moreau creatures that dropped bloody heads when you defeated them. And that's how you got like your points and your power ups. Uh, you fought like a giant gorilla many times with like where you'd punch his hands to death. <laughs> and it's, you know, you, you can picture that. And you didn't bring this one, huh? I, it was, <laughs> that, that's why it's fresh in my mind. Cause I was like, God, should I bring this Tecmo night game? <laughs> I was, it's also called wild Fang. So if you yes. are looking at, if you are looking it up. Cause I was like, I think I know what you're talking about. Once I was like, I saw his wild Fang. Oh yeah. That's that one. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's unnamed as well. Thing. So I should mention to, we, somebody brainstorming and then like not willing to admit that they were wrong. Did you say that backwards? No, he rides <laughs> on the Native American. I'm committed now. I'm yes. we're doing this. And so I should say too that like uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is as well, but I'm I'm actually Native American. So if, if we need to have rides later, if you guys, I mean, oh, I, I'm not sure if I can. I could probably support oh, Broadway. It's I'm a assuming. cultural thing. No, okay. You can give yeah. us. Uh, you can give us permission to yes. uh, to describe some of these things. <laughs> you, I, I, think it's you, be, I think it's best if he just does it like just send him yeah. what it is <laughs> we could not have had a better guest uh, <laughs> so much native american content i did not expect it so. i didn't know that you know our buddy alex always uh honors the the native people who lived on the zip codes when we do uh his podcast and we always bring the beat-em-up games that have uh problematic depictions of native americans That's true. we do not do our <laughs> part it's how we honor in our own way <laughs> I mean, honestly, this was these were all from the '90s. We should have expected this much Native American content. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was. It, it's one of those weird. I, I kind of look back at it and just it's it's hard to get mad at, you know. But like, it's like right, you, know, I can't you look, don't look, understand what the hell they're fucking talking about. Right, I can't look at I can't look at T Hawk and get upset. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's pretty deep. Like, at least we've got like a big strong guy. You know, it's he's not. Yeah, at know, least he whips yeah. ass. 
he's not he's not running a casino like there's so many stereotypes you could go for but like you know you know having like the sexy one in uh combat tribes that's fine that's good that's yeah. a good representation you know i agree i agree uh i feel like they meant it in a good way like you look yeah. back and it's like offensive stereotypes but like at the time they're just like no if we need a guy to be super tough we we or like know how to mystically track things or listen for horse <laughs> if we need a guy that can like, that can yeah. anamorph into a hawk you know <laughs> which ethnicity we're looking yeah. for yeah, you don't well, want I mean, to be fair, if, if, if I like if I like tra- if I like metamorpho uh, like transformed into like a panda, that would be kind of weird. You you'd be, I agree. Ah, like I you, you need to be a, a regional a regional like northwest animal. Yeah, you exactly. have to see the animal to change into it. I know about Native <laughs> Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some Native American friends. I grew up next to a reservation. There you go. Mm-hmm. And no pandas. On not, the not a single one. <laughs> yep. We're learning. We're teaching everyone a lot today about, about Rusty's culture. Uh, well, hey, uh, speaking of culture, my next game uh, for best ironic is called Growl. And uh, oh, yeah. this is the story of two Indiana Joneses and two Lorenzo Lamases saving animals <laughs> from turn of the century poachers. Uh, they're called the Ranger Corps, and they do not stick to the turn of the century when it comes to the weapons, because uh, it opens with them drinking in a bar. And they get a phone call from I don't know, I guess the president of animals, and they're like, "We don't, we don't actually, we don't actually hear what the president of animals says." So the good guys say, "What?" I have this quote written down. It says, "What? Understand? We will not fail to defeat them." And then a grenade flies into the room and explodes all four barrels in the bar. And each of those barrels has a rocket launcher in it. And I don't mean like a single shot RPG, like multi-shot <laughs> missile launchers. And most games, like they'll give you a knife or a pipe every seven hams. This game just fucking drops guns and bazookas from the sky. So, uh, and also you're constantly rescuing animals that come fight for you. And every enemy is programmed to like hang back and pull grenades out of their pockets real slowly. So it's just the easiest game. It's like specifically designed to let me spend an entire day, uh, day of the bowling alley with one quarter. So I love it for that just reason. Just fucking rampaging and having the best time of <laughs> yes. your life. And trying, <laughs> trying to explain, because my favorite part of these was when you go to like a bowling alley across town or in like a different town on vacation. And then you have to try to explain to your friends what this game was and nobody fucking believes you. Yeah. Like, yep. You all get rocket launchers and the animals fight for you. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. An elephant smash a tank. Okay. Sure, guy. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you guys know Growl so well because uh, you probably know it's not like it's not like great gameplay wise. It's a little clumsy, but it's super high effort clumsy. There's so many moves and so many weapons, uh, and the screen is always crawling with enemies that just have no chance against you. Uh, they don't lean too hard on the Indiana Jones thing. Like, there's a lot of pretty awesome original ideas um the first boss is a giant guy in football pads and a samurai helmet with a bandolier of lit dynamite and that just completely rules <laughs> he comes in carrying there's a time truck. limit for this fight but it's only for me <laughs> right so he comes in with a pickup truck that he throws at you and when you kill him uh, you guys probably know this or predicted it, but he explodes and then gets up and you have to kill him again. So he's wearing double explosion dynamite, but he can only survive one of those explosions. <laughs> like, it's the perfect enemy. Uh, the next boss is just a guy with a bag on his head who throws running clotheslines. So like not every idea is super inspired, but um, that being said, when you beat that guy, you get a, an elephant who just casually tramples every enemy on the next level. So you just get a free level in this game where an elephant <laughs> takes care of it. The elephant the rampage, the tank, as Rusty game. mentioned. Try <laughs> to keep uh, up with the murderous elephant rampage. <laughs> and it's funny too, because uh, when the tank shows up, you're just like, 
I know what this means. This is not the first time I punched a tank to death, but the guy in the game was like, oh no, I can't punch a tank. Like they establish, I know you think you could punch this tank, but no, you're dead. And then the elephant headbutts it, explodes it. And <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, there's a sloppy little jumping puzzle through a lava cave, which should be a crime, but you do see it every now and then. I think Double Dragon might be responsible for this. So fuck you, perfect game, Double Dragon, for for doing this. Yeah, that's, that's because <laughs> they need... Like so they did some play testing in the original version of this game, and they were like, "God, we're gonna go fucking bankrupt. Nobody needs more than a quarter for this." Yeah, we need to. We need to find a way to make some money. Yeah, this is that had to be what it is. Oh, Rusty, uh, quick question: How many times do you think you died falling in that stupid little river in Double Dragon? Oh my lord! I uh, like it, that's such an imprecise jump. Like, yes, that I yeah, just like I started having flashbacks the second you mentioned that. That's that is. <laughs> That's there's a way oh. past the river. Because <laughs> you would always right. like you because like whenever in Double Dragon, like 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 going back to the Technos thing, they always have like certain like poses they would go to in uh-huh. Double Dragon when like it almost like he's curling up to go to sleep yes. whenever he dies. Yeah, and, and I oh, yeah, yeah. I thought and, it, I thought it was like a an artistic symbolic ending to the game. Like you reach the river <laughs> and revert to like a baby. And disappear in the water. <laughs> life. I wrote an essay about it. Swaddled dragon. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a way to get past it. Uh, you need to walk like nine pixels into the water and then you can jump. And you, <laughs> the horizontal distance of that double dragon jump was like maybe two pixels. Like, yeah. like you basically went yeah. straight up and straight down. That was the, uh, was the only realistic jump in video games. <laughs> That's exactly how I would jump. Like if you asked me right now, do a jump, it would be exactly that frame for frame. Yeah. <laughs> and I see if you had Captain Commando's boots, though, and it was like yeah, they need special boots yeah, that yeah, we need to spend a full paragraph explaining. I, I think Captain Commando really like is answering a lot more que- answer more questions for the beat 'em up genre than I've ever at- thought before. Like, right, with the but in joints. its WikiHow or in its Wikipedia page all, all alone, not at all in the game. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. know how they came up with this. I have no idea where this material came from. <laughs> it could just be one excellent liar. <laughs> It could yeah. be Does the guy Growl that wrote Captain Commando being like, I see, I, I thought about this. People keep saying. <laughs> Does Growl have a lift sequence, Sean? I'm trying I'm trying to recall. It um no. It has a train sequence, mm. but no lift se- uh, sequence. By your own standards, um, you lose. Yeah, no, I sh- I need to get the fuck out of him. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but it the jump in Growl is impressive. Like that dude has about a seven foot vertical leap. <laughs> uh, terrible jumping attacks, but like he gets up for him. Uh, I, anyway, it's so fun. It has like a real story in a genre where I think we all agreed does not require them. Uh, like, I don't know what happened in Combat Tribes. I neither do the makers of Combat Tribes. And by the end of Growl, you have you have like long, meaningful relationships and adventures with elephant, several birds, and uh, and it still has like, surprises. The main bad guy is a hunchback magi- magician, I think. Remaster <laughs> magic in this game. <laughs> He's got like a clown face and a maroon top hat. Black tuxedo oh, counts as a circus level. Claws, drives a tank. Yeah, it does count as a circus level. And when you kill him, his body twitches <laughs> and it spits out a thirty foot worm. I wrote down the quote here. It says, "This is the final boss, controlling evil hunters." And then it spends the whole fight rooted to the face down corpse of the Wolverine tuxedo guy. And <laughs> when you when you kill him, he explodes, and then a gate opens, which held fifty gorillas, eagles, deer, elephants, but not in a scary way. They love you. It is like a happiness rampage. And then it, the game says, <laughs> harmony between man and nature has been restored. And that's what it says word for word. Like 
you basically killed the evil worm that made it so we couldn't live side by side with gorillas. And that's the plot of Growl. <laughs> and now everybody gets one gorilla. One gorilla apiece. It's your, it's your, it's your personal gorilla. Like a personal best pizza, ending gorilla. Anyone could have hoped for. Yes, your personal pizza gorilla. I love that it has a message that's not say no to drugs. That's like every other. Every If they have right. a story at the end, it's, and you beat drugs. Good job. Yeah, everyone Gangs, said yes to just, drugs. When they were making that game, there was a lot of yes to drugs. Okay. <laughs> say no to drugs, say yes to free gorillas. Yeah, that's uh, a shirt. That's, that's my whole bit on Crowl. Uh, what was your ironic choice, Brockway? Uh, I brought Guardians of the Hood, which I wrote, wrote for the site. Uh, I think during our first week, early days for sure. Uh, that was one of those uh, early ones we did on the site where I just could not believe how much you were pumping out. Like we were both working pretty hard, but like, you're like, yeah, we're going to do daily updates and I'm going to write 4,800 words on Guardians of the Hood with screenshots <laughs> and GIFs. And I was like, Jesus Christ, we're going to kill ourselves. That was, that was the one time I got to do that to you. Yes. Fresh off of my firing from cracked in full panic mode. And just, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to one up Sean baby in, t- in terms of work ethic this one time and then never again. You have you have clapped back every single week with five thousand words about about a joke book about Barbies or something. It's just <laughs> maybe that's true. Your revenge has complete, sir. Just just let me <laughs> let me rest. I have been destroyed by it. Uh, <laughs> the Guardians of the Hood uh, had most notable because it had digitized sprites like uh, like Mortal Kombat or Pit. Fight. I think it might have been by yeah. the same people that did Pit Fighter. Yeah, what a golden uh, age for just. Shit! Just totally thought we could do that motion capture like shit. <laughs> like pick, the, the pixel art ruled, and everybody was happy with it. And they're like, "No, no, no! We can do the fucking worst motion capture you've ever seen. We can do full video, uh, one frame per second, and you will not see what it is. But we can do it." Right? Just uh, amazing. And uh, I did write down the story for Guardians of the Hood. Uh, it is the gangs have gotten worse. It's your turf and no one can stop the gangs but you. That's the story. That is the story of Guardians of the Hood. Implied. You are are a stiff bodybuilder with a (laughs) one frame of punch animation. Yeah, everybody is just very like that was a side effect of of having these guys be digitized. But no, no, like motion capture is that we have three pictures of them. And so (laughs) even by video game standards. Everybody looks like their their true battle is with arthritis. <laughs> I just I got to be careful, guys. Uh, implied in the story uh, is that you guys are gym buddies. This is implied by the character introductions, which are really super fucking grainy crime videos of of four people doing an exercise. So they're all they're all just gym buddies that work out together and might as well fight crime together. I guess yeah, why not? is the implication. Like you're all strong, you work out. It's and kind I, of a waste of the muscles <laughs> if you don't guard your hood, right? It's it's true. I mean, you have a moral responsibility to use your muscles against drugs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how Maybe. this goes. Pro- uh, they're probably a drug gang, right? Yeah, I, I just assume anytime they say we're fighting gangs, it's really like an anti-drug message. They're going to have the yeah. FBI like drug notification on that game and be like, yeah, see... See, we got that subsidy or whatever. They're trying to make William Sessions happy, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that guy's name. He signed all those videos. Yeah, I forgot about his name until the second you said it. I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the gangs were like, 
kid detective agencies or something. They're like the honeycomb gang. That would be kind of a fun <laughs> twist. Uh, our characters are Connor, who is a superb fighter trained in boxing and karate. And uh, he does push-ups. That's how we meet him. Chief, who is my favorite character, who is the big guy, former wrestler, built like a truck and out for revenge. Never specified what for. Just, just a monster of a man who wants revenge, I guess, on society. Uh, I guess also the society not built for his huge body. Now he's uh, named Chief. Uh, does that refer to his heritage? I, I guess I'm, I'm going to assume. I'm just going to okay. assume. That was generally the kind of awareness you would approach with a Native American character. You would just name them mm-hmm. Chief and be like, hey, you get it. Yeah, get he's, it. it's not really his place in the tribe, but like it's one of the words we know regarding them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ha- Javier was a top kickboxer endowed with speed and agility. Now, I seem to remember this was like not a main stereotype, but I do remember if they had like a playable Latino, Latina character, they would be fast. I don't know <laughs> why that was our racial stereotype. I, it's probably because the Speedy Gonzalez, maybe. Yeah, boxing, I don't guess Speedy Gonzalez. Know. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, <laughs> there are some bad guesses. Let's, that some, I just don't let's try to come up with some stereotypes. Let's try to th- let's let's figure out what they were. They thinking. love to repair shoes. The Not us. Not us, of course. <laughs> and then I, I read all of these just so I could read the one woman's introduction. Uh, Tanya, who is riding a bicycle, and they picked the one frame that looks like she's having a really fucking hard time doing it. <laughs> she's just bent over in exhaustion, like her shoulders are all rounded, her head's down. And it's like a girly 10 speed. It's not on a hill. It's just on flat ground. She looks like like she's do, trying to trying her best to, to do some therapy to recover from like a spinal injury. And her, her description, everybody else got former wrestler built like a truck. She got statuesque, cat tall, yeah. fast and beautiful. Yeah, you have to bring it up. I mean, if it's a lady, is she hot or not? We need no further details. And she's cat tall. Cat tall is exactly how I would describe someone who's uh, nine to ten inches tall. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually looking at the intro right now. I, I do see Chief's uh, little uh, animation there. It's vaguely kind of like a POV porn, and it's yeah, video. it's very, oh. all of these have the graininess of them lends itself yeah. to either either some sort of unspeakable crime or pornography or probably both. I mean, I imagine both. It's like, I just looked up like a bonus web, web ring or something and I'm getting gifs I shouldn't see. So. Okay. And, and uh, of course, this was from that one, that one era, I want to say it's about three years, uh, late 80s into early 90s, uh, when we thought a really cool, scary bad guy would be Michael Jackson, dressed like Bugs Bunny, dressed like Al Capone. <laughs> I'm not sure I remember exactly what you're talking about. It does sound yeah, it very was, scary. It was it was after like smooth criminal and we were like, yeah, that's that's what uh that's what a real tough guy looks like. So that's a uh, anyway, there's you need to know that for a reason we will get to. Okay. And and Michael Jackson bad guy says, I'm taking over this crummy town, and then points it to you as if in the middle of a Michael Jackson kick dance move. And I guess that's I get I guess that's crime. I guess that's the face of crime. <laughs> I'm gonna put a stop to it <laughs> with my gym buddies. Now uh, some games get into problems in like the later levels. Like they start you off and it's early, it's early enough in the game. Like you're not out of ideas. You can just be like, okay, you're just on the streets. You're fighting, mm-hmm. you know, tough guys or whatever. 
And then as they get more and more desperate for different enemy types, they can reveal some like racial stereotypes. The first level is called Beat the Dreads. Beat the Dreads, who are, of course, Jamaicans. Oh, oh name, no. Everybody gets a name, of course, and the, the names are things like Nigel and Toots. <laughs> <laughs> Toots is a sh- traditional Jamaican name. You beat the shit out of Nigel and Toots, the Jamaicans. Nigel's more Haitian, but like, you know, they <laughs> Trinidadian. <laughs> So the very first level, you're out there beating up just exclusively black people. Uh, <laughs> great, great look. And they have that really <laughs> shitty digitized dialogue where they say shit like, Amon and we be jamming. <laughs> we be actual, jamming. Actual quotes. I'm not making those up. I, I wouldn't. I'm not brave enough to risk that. <laughs> just, I'm Mr. Loverman Shabba. Like, I, don't, I don't know about that just one. It's a kind of basic racism where you're like, you've maybe heard of Jamaicans once, but you're not willing to hear anymore. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right. I know what a Jamaican is. Yeah. Uh, and then later, it kind of works in reverse at later levels. Later levels are, are the punk rockers and, and big skinheads and girls in neon mohawks, the Sean baby enemy, as we have discussed. Uh-huh. Uh, sassy with really fast, quick punches, and first to grab a chain. All of your main personality. Yep. Those are my personality traits. Yes. Yep. <laughs> their game is their gang is called the Shavers, which I think they meant like they shave their head, but you uh, could use a second pass. Yeah, use a second pass uh, on the can shavers. Can we change they're, they're the first draft with the shaved teens? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are going to get bad thoughts about teens. I like the shaving. <laughs> barely legal shaved teens. Are, are we good with this one? I mean, they're they're not technically committing crimes yet, so they are barely legal, right? You know who's deadlier than them? The people who shave them. Let's have them be the gang, the shavers. God, guess why you're the best? <laughs> uh, what am I? What am I? Fa- <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> uh, one of my favorite uh, aspects <clears throat> of Guardians of the Hood. Uh, the acronym for that is Goth, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they made the the like throwable, usable items in the levels are all people. So they <laughs> <laughs> they had like a homeless guy, like of course, just oh. drinking as homeless people do, and uh, you could p- pick him up and throw him at enemies. <laughs> <laughs> which I found out in the first level, like this is how they introduced. When a Jamaican guy walked up to a, a comically drinking hobo, picked him up over his head and whipped him across the screen. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I knew I was into something special. 10 out of uh, 10. There, there are others that are just civilians. One is, uh, is there's a level with a lot of prostitutes. So of course, you can pick up and throw the prostitutes. Okay. Uh, later, you get to what throw is she, What does she charge for that? Uh, I th- <laughs> think that one's free just to like, I think it's kind of like testing melons, you know, like you test uh, the durability of your prostitute. You're allowed to hurl a sex worker. Yeah, you just have to, to see if she's ripe. You have to go through and hurl each what one to get Jamie, the Jamie, get the weight and the handling of each prostitute down. It's, it's like a test drive. Uh, <laughs> later on, you throw a businessman and his briefcase full of papers explodes on impact, and it's all worth it. It's all just perfectly worth it at that moment. <laughs> Uh, and this was this was the edgy game. All right, this is like probably the edgiest game we we brought. Well, intentionally edgy game. Right. So they had a long level in a porno theater, huh? And they showed two frames of a softcore porn of just like a sexy woman in in a bra, like turning to look at you over and over again on the screen in the background. 
before and that, a maniac runs in and throws her. Very <laughs> close. Very close to what happens. The boss leaps out of the screen and just jumps like out of her face and into the theater, just completely ruining it for everybody beating off. Unless, <laughs> unless they're into big Jamaican men named JJ, which, I mean, that's your business. <laughs> In which case, your dreams just came true really aggressively. Uh, I'm more of a Toots guy. I, if you're a Jamaican guy <laughs> named Toots, send an email to the Dog Zone 9000. Now, the, the softcore porn digitized frames that they made, it fucking haunts me because that means they hired a woman for this? And because it's an actual digitized woman and and scanned her and had her like do limited motion capturing. We're like, what's this for? You're going to be on a porno theater (laughs) screen in a video game we're making. And this is 1991. You God, you got to want to die to answer that job ad. Yeah, you have to hate life at that point. Just she's like, so you're not going to kill me. Like, what What's the fucking point? I showed up here for a reason, and I thought we were both clear. Uh, You also did fight in a strip club. Same woman being paid to dance around for this so they could use two frames of her in the background of this scene while while your ethnic minority beats the holy shit out of other ethnic minorities in front of her. It's just, it's all... I know this would have made any of these decisions today, but in 1991, this is... No one in the room would have said, "I, I think this is a bad idea. Right, like, especially if it was all pixel art and it's got that level of abstraction, but it seems like it's brought to a different level of clarity when you're scanning real people and being like, "Yeah, now we have this mob violence in front of this sad stripping woman in the background. <laughs> huh, does this feel wrong? Does it feel like a little bit wrong to anybody? Again, I've, not, not 1991. Today it would be insane, but... But then, but in 1991, it was fine, and so this game does look like, like just fucking madness. Like it does look impo- like impossible that this exists. It's one of those games that takes you a long time to look at a screenshot because you're like, what the fuck am I, am I looking at? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with this Pit Fighter game? Yeah, especially when enemies start stacking on top of people, but they're like digitized pictures of people. It gets into like human centipede territory every time. Yeah. There's like a. <laughs> And of course, the last level is a circus, uh, and it ends with you fighting in just an abstract clown's nightmare, just floating, <laughs> floating masks and laughing clown faces in a void, <laughs> which none of them, this has all been in just like a grimy city up to this point. So you just fell through the grimy city into, into clown nightmare. And uh, all of this while your personal trainer is just jump kicking what looks to be just Chinese people. Like they're not specifically made up to be mean or anything. Like it looks like they're just, you know, maybe on their way to work or something. Just, it sounds like, like a Gallagher act, like just sort of, <laughs> it's certainly like, references to my certainly his patter. Some right? hurled prostitutes. Yeah. This is, this is a Gallagher act. It's certainly his patter that he gets in trouble for. And he's like, ah, it's just stage patter. That has nothing to do with, I was just riffing it. Uh, anyway, this is where Michael Jackson, the final boss, they're laughing in the background the whole time. And then he strips down to reveal he was actually a woman and he's a dominatrix and he leaps forward and attacks you with his, with his sex whip. And that is what the final boss. Uh, okay. is, uh, is she tough? Uh, it didn't look too bad. Just really like short range on that little tiny writer's mm-hmm. crop. And, uh, like some decent health, like she can, she can. If you if you threw her, you'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. 
<laughs> well, it's, it's kind of it's like you've kind of committed a secret hate crime. Like I hate when games think, pull it on you. Where you I think where you're like, fun. oh, I've been beaten up a man. Oh, it turns out it's a woman. Now I'm yeah, a violent yeah. criminal. Yeah, it does change things a little. Yeah, it's kind of like with Poison in Final Fight, where it's just kind of like, yeah, this fight feels different now. There's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, hmm, I'm not sure if I should be doing this right now. So yeah, maybe leave the backstory out next time. Yes. It could have been a gorilla, or, or maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe next have, time gorilla. You could have had anything, but this was another excuse to actually yeah, force a woman into dominatrix gear and then scan her for <laughs> right. your, for your quote unquote video game. <laughs> Again, that casting call should have been a red flag. These two women uh, are almost certainly not alive anymore. Yeah, we we don't know that they were ever seen again, and should have very good reasons to assume they were not. Uh, the once you once you beat her to death, uh, the ending just says, "Congratulations, you saved the hood." And then it flashes it flashes to a newspaper with the headline, "Teens take back hood." <laughs> you were the teens end. this whole time. I guess they were. Chief teens. is not a teen. I call BS on that. <laughs> Chief is a man. Chief is the guy yeah, that shows up to the gym and is like, "Hello, fellow teens." <laughs> uh, you I mean, right. pushing pushing forty five, Chief. <laughs> Uh, I especially brought Guardians of the Hood because of everything I just said and everything I haven't said about it but because they had uh, one good mechanic where when you beat the gang bosses you could unlock them as playable as you you went through which was pretty cool back in the day and then they had one fucking awful mechanic where it cut to a cutscene with just like a a filthy landlord kind of looking guy in a sweater and he says fight and it pits you against your friend that you've been playing with, and only only the winner gets to continue for free, and the loser's game is over, and they have to pay to join again. Nice, like, like a double dragon where you yeah, had to fight each other. Yeah, it there you just go. double I dragon set the precedent for so many terrible mechanics. Yeah. I just <laughs> I don't remember that mechanic. Was that after the river? Yeah, it was. It was the very end. Okay, after you save Marion, she's like, "All right, I, you guys know I can't date both of you. One of you has to die." Okay. Well, this this does it between every single level. You beat a level, and you one of you loses <laughs> amazing. automatically. And huh. it's just, oh God, such an aggressively so predatory, terrible, morally, morally <laughs> repugnant. <laughs> I've run a morally repugnant beat 'em up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, it's it's very good. Um, so there was a circus level. Was there a train? A sequence? Uh, I think there was a train yard, but I don't think you rode on a train. No. Mm. I'm not sure if we can count that. How about an elevator? Uh, no, there was no elevator. Mm. So wh- right. one out we'll of three. Circus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was there a treacherous jumping puzzle? No. Okay. But instead, well, which should count in its favor, but instead there was a special mechanic where one of you just automatically lost. Which I think <laughs> I think is like saying "fuck you." I don't want to design a jumping puzzle. Yeah, that's a treacherous jumping puzzle without the jump. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I think it's time to move on to the wild card round. Uh, for me, I brought best superhero game because I do love the beat 'em up genre. And as like a comic book nerd kid, I felt very lucky because every comic book adaptation by default for many years was just beat 'em up. And once they got the formula right, they were all kind of pretty good. So we got like good Batman, Spider-Man, Turtles, X-Men, Superman, uh, probably about 10 each of those that were all basically the same, but kind of okay, at least. 
and so with the caveat of how it's very hard work making video games, the 90s era uh, superhero beat-em-ups were a golden age of easy mode game design. And so I had a lot to pick from. Uh, so uh, I guess my leading ones were uh, the Capcom Punisher, which is basically Captain Commando with a different skin, but just so good. I think that's about as good as a fighting game can get. How did they and, uh, uh, explain the baby and the robot in that one? Uh, they, <laughs> did, they re- did they reskin it? They, they made him from uh, Universe 616, where uh, <laughs> all the babies are uh, full-size Nick Furies. And so that's, that's just how they explain it. It makes sense if you read the comic. There's a rich backstory yeah, for you gotta baby Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the game I went back to the most as a kid was Batman Returns. I think it was adapted by eight or nine different developers, depending on the system, because that's what we did back then. But the one I'm talking about was Super Nintendo one uh, by Konami, who uh, normally I rate distant third behind Capcom and Technos. But this Batman Returns game is so good. It's weirdly faithful to the movie. It has uh, like a perfect cartoony gothic tone of the of the movie. All the enemies are pulled directly from the film. And a lot of the situations, too, like when Batman shoots a grappling hook at that guy and he's like, you missed and then he pulls a chunk of concrete into the back of his head. Like they put that in the game. It probably took two months of programming and asset design and testing, but they did it. Like they were just dedicated to making the best <laughs> Batman Returns experience. And um, you're just a one man army badass in most fighting games, but Batman is a fucking beast. Like he'll take clowns out with just his jabs and he'll grab a guy and he can just carry him around. You can throw him in the ground, throw him into the wall. He can wait until he finds a second guy and smash their heads together. He's just a full karate terrorist. And I do mention that uh, <laughs> I think I think I mentioned this in a Twitter conversation we had, Rusty, where we where the way to rate a uh, fighting game uh, is the things you could do with a man after you grab them. Like that's a good way to rate yes. them. Uh, and so <laughs> you rate a lot of things that way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so also there's a block that's kind of unique for a game like this. You can throw batarangs. You can do a little cape slash to stun guys. He has sort of a hang gliding crowd surf attack that can sort of stun an entire crowd of people. There's even a bionic commando section, which they didn't have to put there, but it's completely awesome. Elevator section, of course. Uh, there's a pretty bad driving sequence. Uh, and when I say pretty bad, I'm saying it would have been like game of the year in 1986. It's just they threw in an entire driving sequence for three minutes of gameplay. It's so crazy high effort. Uh, there is a train level. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the things we've established as staples. Um, oh, also, uh, you, if you remember Batman Returns, the uh, movie, did they have, I seem to remember them having, uh, the weaponized penguins there. I don't remember if you fight the weaponized was penguins. I, I think was they're I just wishing, in the background was that just my heart's secret desire? There might've been in some adaptations, but not in the one I'm talking about. I think, um, not, I didn't play through the did entire they not launch thing. their missiles at you somehow. They're, the, the final boss you fight penguin. And uh, he's kind of like Danny DeVito in the movie in that he has no chance against you. He's in this giant ducky <laughs> that shoots missiles, but like you can, ah, they're so easy to get out of the way of. And then uh, after that, he gets out of the duck and he just sort of waddles around after you, but he's a boss, but he's susceptible to all the same moves that you use against like the fucking cannon fodder. So you can just walk up to him and grab him and just bash his little ass into anything you want. He has no chance. Uh, so... Uh, anyway, that's that's all my notes on Batman Returns. I, I think that game is... Um, I don't even know if it's underrated. I think it did okay. It's just one of those that just, I'm sure, got lost in in the mix when 
when those games came out every two months, like Maximum Carnage and Death and Return of Superman. Like every superhero had just three or four of those a year. Well, it's kind of, but you're talking too, like with with beat 'em ups in that time period. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a big pinball fan too, but you think about mm-hmm. it, like pinball, like you just play one and you know how to play almost every single pinball yes. game in existence. Same thing with beat 'em ups. Like it's it's mm-hmm. you know here's your jump button, here's your attack button. You you hit them both for a desperation attack. Do an awesome you know double spinning lariat. You 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 figure those out pretty quickly. So yeah. that's why they were so ubiquitous. I think that's mm-hmm. why they were also so prone to madness. Is that you, if you had the framework there, you're like, how are we going to stand out? Yeah. And like, yes. well, we're going to let the, the troubled janitor design all of our characters. And I've been writing down the shit he says for weeks. I think it's really compelling. Yeah, it's real There's weird. The fucking baby head. He's going to, uh, at the behest of the king of the animals, he's, he's going to go on an adventure where uh, where every, every barrel contains a rocket launcher. Sold. Uh, Rusty, what did you bring for your uh, wild card? So I'm I'm going a little bit out of our 1980s, 1990s agreement. Um, so my choice uh, for best other is best adaptation of a 1979 Walter Hill movie. And Ooh, it that's is, like a fierce competitive category. <laughs> so to be so, so the thing is fire. too. So yeah, I was to say too. We that's we didn't mention. Well, well, you know, Brockway could bring another game up, but I won't go there. But so uh, with the Warriors specifically, that movie influenced so many beat em ups and video games in general. Yeah. Um, and uh, 20 some odd years after the movie, Rockstar decided we're going to make a giant love letter to the game. And it's one of the best 3D beat em ups I've ever played. Like it, yeah, it really kind of gave me hope for the genre. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a real strange thing, too, that it given the. the I mean, maybe like the Star Lego Star Wars is the closest analog to it, where like the the time between the movie's release and the actual game coming out. Um, I see. Yeah. So, but that was yeah, a it wasn't genre because like, a, cause like go ahead. I was there was like a special when, anniversary. When, there wasn't like a big like you know big to do like hey it's the blank you know like they're like no we just love the Warriors and we're going to make a game for it. Yeah, that's what awesome I was saying. Flex. Like I don't remember yeah. there being some sort of groundswell for like. Where there's a reboot for the Warriors coming out, or the, the yeah. Warriors that's you know coming up on f- fucking twenty five years or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it was just so it, hey, you know what kicks ass, and then everybody was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does kick ass. And it also yeah. like went into depth, you know, talking about the the lore of these games and all that too. It, it really kind of like whenever you saw the intro to the Warriors and you saw those weird gangs, like mm-hmm. here's this uh, uh, the Moon Runners, and here's this gang of like. Uh, bebop singers uh and and these guys who are dressed like elves or whatever they let you like play as those guys and and, and they, the game starts three months before the Gramercy the riffs next yeah. to the van <laughs> Copeland rangers <laughs> and i say I, i'm not gonna do the whole speech <laughs> oh we were gonna be quiet for it <laughs> i was i was going with it so if um, you can count suckers <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, too, because I, I remember distinctly when each it, it just one of those oddball images that is with me for the rest of my life is in the preview for this in EGM. They Rockstar had done a really loving painting of the leader of the orphans, the the gang with like the green shirts, the real scrubs. Uh-huh. And it's, it's he looks like a methed out David Schwimmer. Yeah, um, for sure. It's a really good way to describe it. And every time I watch the, the movie, are down, you think the orphans aren't with it? <laughs> Well, it's so funny because he talks like so he's, you know, he's, he kowtows to them until Mercy comes out and then he's all get lost. That, 
that line always cracks me up. But but anywho, so yeah, like they did like a really good job like translating the events of the movie into the game, the engine. Um, I I don't know if it was modified to make Bully uh, because this came out a year before Bully came mm-hmm. out, and there's a lot of kind of that um, ground and pound MMA style, which nobody had really figured out in a beat up context at that time. Um, plus there's an unlockable 2d version of the game. So you can play through the events of the, of the game in a kind of faux double dragon style. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I love it. That was one of those genres that like, uh, like that 3d beat up when, when once like PS one era came out, people mm-hmm. were like, okay, cool. Let's take this beat up and make it 3d. And it just fucking never worked. It was always th- these giant bummers of a game. And like, I think fighting yeah, for final or- I think yeah. that you could always kind of feel that they were like, this should be easy. And then yeah. <laughs> and they like they went right. into it with that attitude and you can kind of feel like the sulking when they realize it's maybe not. You yep. can just, you can just feel that lack of effort, that, that begrudging lack of effort in there. I also Even- love to, I, I, like, I like when like in these kind of games or just games in general, when you like d- during the credit sequence, you get to still play and, you know, shoot stuff up or whatever. So mm-hmm. in this one, you, you play the event of the movie where it's, it's, it's the beach Coney Island and it's playing um, in the city and you're the riffs pounding the hell out of Luther's crew. Yeah. That's just awesome. Yeah. I love it. I remember that game also had like all that rock star crap where they just put really boring shit in the game. It, like there's like spray painting like a graffiti yeah. and you'd have to do these like mini games. It's like, God, a goddamn spray painting graffiti <laughs> mini game. Unscrewing like, a uh, car stereo and all that. Right. Right. Like why, why bother guys? Like in grand theft auto, how it would stop to do yoga or you could play darts, like a super authentic <laughs> dart simulator. Like, yeah. Did anybody do that outside of where they absolutely required that you do that? So I don't right. think I played a single one, one time outside of the mission where they made me do it the one time. And I was like, fuck. Well, that's the, the weird thing is too, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Yakuza series, and it's mm-hmm. very similar to that, where the the, the main entries are all basically just a beat 'em up, but then you have all the side stories, the melodrama, and then mm-hmm. you also have entire sub stories about playing darts or bowling or <laughs> winning a chicken or or whatever. And that's so why it, they got the like those games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. That's a net loss when you have a, a spray painting mini game in your in your game. <laughs> What'd you bring, Brockway, for your wild card? I brought DJ Boy. Uh, oh shit! I've like yeah, everybody knows DJ Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do course. actually know DJ Boy. Oh, you know Captain Commando. You know DJ Boy. I mean, come on. <laughs> sure. uh, DJ Boy uh, is all you need to. I love that name because it's all you need to know about a character in 1989. Oh. <laughs> uh, they call him DJ Boy. You're like, I I know how he dresses and what he's into and the way that he talks. And the game's like, no, you don't, because it stands for Donald <laughs> J. Boy. <laughs> what? Just an immediate hard left turn from DJ Boy. And uh, <laughs> I, the whole game was based. Well, let's get, I'll say something nice about it first. It looks great. I love the sprite style of that, even if it's a little strange. Like it's not mm-hmm. full River City Ransom sort of big head style, but it's also not Final Fight, just, you know, comic yeah, book it's kind silly. of style. It's, it's cartoony. It's like middle ground where they're, everybody's a hydrocephalac. Like everybody's just, <laughs> just got a head that's like a little too big to be medically okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're in a lot of medical danger. <laughs> but but it, nothing else looked like it, and I gave it kind of a lot of personality. And uh, the whole game was based on what Japan thought rap culture might be like in the U.S. 
yeah. uh, which chiefly meant everybody roller skates. <laughs> as as the hip hop culture uh, was, if you remember 1989, every single person, uh, every single black person, at least I know, was on roller skates uh, all the time. Very common. And so the whole A lot game, of, uh, run DMC songs about uh, roller skating. <laughs> <laughs> when they they bust through the when Aerosmith busts through the wall into their roller rink, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it just they get the absolute shit beat out of them. I love that video. <laughs> I, I would kind of love some Adidas that are roller skates also, though, like Run DMC style. Yeah, early, pretty, early, they invented Run DMC yeah. invented heelys. They're, <laughs> they're Run DMC heely shoes, running these DMC shoes. Uh, so it's just such a weird, bold stance to like say that and never like really justify it. it they play, they play a big roller game in Cigar Tech City, uh, is how this is justified. But the whole game is on roller skates, like every every part of the game and. Almost every character is on roller skates. And if somebody's not on roller skates, you know they mean business. Like, whoa, this guy doesn't have to roller skate. He walks. He's oh, one must be. Shit. shit just got reels. <laughs> yeah, so every, tokens. every level like scrolls by rapidly, like a big chase fight. And it just it gives it like this sort of sense of, of motion and urgency that was it made it feel fresh. Like it's a gimmick for sure, but it made it feel fresh. Plus, like Everything was very pro wrestling influence. So there's a lot of just drop kicks, but with roller skates and a lot of like suplexes, but you're both still roller skating at like 30 that miles an hour. So bad. Roller skate <laughs> jump kick would be fucking like triple damage. Yeah, it, it rules. Uh, it, it had some good mechanics. It had the River City Ransom Lake store. So you got power ups as sort of light RPG mechanics. Uh, I brought it as a wild card, not just because they think that uh, rap culture was entirely on roller skates, which should be enough, and not because uh, DJ Boy stands for Donald J. Boy, which should be enough, but because there was an OG Japanese version that I've never been able to find because it was deeply problematic and just removed <laughs> from society, from history. Uh, it And yet, as, as I have gone through in the research, I found it wasn't as bad as Guardians of the Hood, which, uh, which never apologized. It could be. It... It did not end with "We're sorry." This has been Guardians of the Hood, as it <laughs> it rightfully should have. Uh, but no, DJ Boy had a recurring boss called Big Mama, uh, mm. which was literally just the mammy stereotype, and she had her big comical mm. bloomers, her apron. She was bare feet, and uh, she her move was she farted at you to shoot like power farts, which uh, wow. Yeah, well, that's, was, I don't think that's part of the stereotype. I don't I think, think that's, that's uh, part of the stereotype. Unrelated to, to the racism. I think maybe Wait, it's, it's a stereotype in Japan. Well, I got when you when you had mentioned this game, I, I thought about that moment. I, I, I like recently, there's been a, a recent trend with like a lot of like Japanese artists have been like reinterpreting Tom and Jerry. Apparently, Tom and Jerry was very popular, way more popular than one that was over here. And thinking about that, I was like, oh, that's where they probably got some of this. Because oh, you think, you think the, they got it from old Tom and Ch- the like, I'm not trying to like you know I'm I'm not old blame America Rusty Shackles over here. Um, no, that's but, fine. That's what we call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old old trader Shackles, but like every time I see certain images like that, I'm like, where do they get this idea? Oh, that's right. Because I'm actually looking at the flyer for DJ Boy right now, and who uh, boy. That's not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's a very not good. There were a few other moments where it was like they had other other ethnic stereotypes that were like eh, not great. But this was like a boss character, and she was a recurring boss character. They, she comes back in the boss rush, 
And she comes back like you beat the last guy who's kind of a, a thrashing metalhead kind of dude, which is fine. But you beat him and then the game's not over for some reason. And <laughs> Big Mama, the mammy stereotypes, jumps back on the screen and appears in a ninja outfit. And now she's a ninja and like smoke bombs in and out attacking you for reasons that are, are never they, explained. And could not are they part smoke bombs? I, I would guess uh, based yeah, on okay. context, based on <laughs> Japanese racial stereotypes, I guess. Uh, the, <laughs> but then you kill her and the end, end screen plays. So she's effectively the last boss in the game and certainly shows up the most having that third. She right. is, she shows up more than the end boss. So this is the most recurring character in the game was this this really wild stereotype and they pulled it even back then they knew. Like this wasn't they released it and and we look back and think ah at the time like they knew immediately and pulled it <laughs> and just <laughs> So it's gone. It's gone forever. And I, I wanted to write one of our earliest columns, like a follow up to Guardians of the Hood, where I talked about DJ Boy and compared like the two versions and stuff like that. And I can find the main version just fine. And it's kind of fun, but it's not enough to talk about. But this like secret other version I could never find. Uh, so I'm using this time. If you found it, if you have a playable version, send it to me. This is my request for this really should be a legal game and uh, probably under arrest. <laughs> Please send all racist materials to Robert Blackway. Well, oh, oh, hold on. To- only as pertains to, only as pertains to beat em ups, as we have established. I'm curious too if the thrash metal guy, uh, shout out my fellow thrashers out there, but I was curious if he was, if you look at the Japanese flyer, there's like a Michael Jackson type. I'm curious maybe if they, sw- they swapped him. Oh, maybe, no, I, I think he might've been the same. Maybe he was, and maybe he was okay. the Michael Jackson type in the Japanese version. I have not played it, so I wouldn't know, but definitely in the, uh, in the materials I've seen, because some people do have screens from it and things. He he looks, you know, glam metal, thrash metal of the era. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It of course has a circus. It has a circus level, so it's great. Uh, clown. There's like clown mirrors that come to life, and then you punch them, and they explode into smaller and smaller clown heads until the whole screen <laughs> is just tiny clown heads hopping <laughs> around you. So, very traumatizing. Pretty- Pretty standard. You get power-ups from floating Garfields tied to balloons and you kick them out of the air and they give you power-ups. Uh, yeah, you could assume that. And there's a there's a great level where what looks like kind of a Punky Brewster character uh, throws exploding hot dogs at you from an old-timey trolley. So that kind of counts as a train level. All right. Yeah. And uh, and also, uh, after you after you beat it, it has what I'm going to consider the best and most generous ending of any of these games. And I would just like to, to read uh, this work of art to you and uh, you're welcome for me doing this. <laughs> Thank you in advance. <laughs> Having just rescued Maria, the only one you have ever cared for, you help her tightly in your arms. Uh, that's not me misspeaking. You help her tightly in your arms. Frightened that you may lose again. Evening swept over the cold, barren city. Colors fading until soon only a black silhouette could be seen. You whispered, I'm sorry that I didn't come sooner. Please don't cry. And so as fate foretold together, you lived happily ever after. And that's the ending of DJ Boy, Donald J. Boy, everybody. (laughs) Feels really wordy. It it, it scrolls. It scrolls by. You get a full scrolling screen. Uh, as a reminder, Guardians of the Hood ended with a headline that said "Teen Safe Hood." So. <laughs> See, that's that's how punchy I need it to be. Uh, it's very hard to pick a winner. I think I'm not even sure we planned on picking a winner, but I think we've come up with a way to determine one. We're going to add up the number of train fights 
elevator fights, uh, circuses. Yes. And maybe uh, treacherous jumping puzzles, or should we just keep it? <laughs> no, the first treacherous three? jumping puzzles take away. Okay. You lose a point. <laughs> okay. So we're adding up train fights, elevator fights, and circuses. Uh, so let's take a moment to go through that for all of ours. Should I count multiple elephants as a circus in Growl? There is no circus scene, but there's so many Do circus. they appear alongside monkeys and other things? Absolutely, yes. Okay, yeah. All right, I got okay. six totally. Ready. Okay, so you had, uh, let's go through them. You had how many train fights? Uh, Captain Commando, I had six total. Uh, I had, let's see, Captain Commando had all three. had a train fight, I had a lift fight, and it had a uh, circus level. Uh, DJ mm -hmm. Boy had a train fight. Uh, I had a circus level. I don't think it had a lift fight. And Guardians of the Hood only had the circus level. And and you didn't lose any from treacherous jumping puzzles? Uh, no treacherous jumping puzzles. No, oh, fantastic. Well, uh, I had two train fights, one in Growl and one in Batman Returns. I had two elevator fights, one in Combat Tribes and uh, Batman Returns. You fought on a window washer lift, so I'm going to count that. Uh, I had a circus in all of my games. Uh, Batman Returns is crawling with circus people. Uh, Combat Tribes, there's a circus. Uh, Carnival? Are we? Uh, is that? I'm not playing games. Carnival counts as a circus, right? For yeah. our purposes? Okay. Yes. And then Growl had just a number of circus-related, like... Thing. So I had uh, a total of seven. I lose two from treacherous jumping puzzles because of the lava cave and growl and uh, the fiery bionic commando section in Batman. So I'm looking at a total of five. All right. So I'm in second place. Rusty, how? I think I'm tied too because I think the AVP only has the elevator sequence. It obviously doesn't have the circus level. I, that would right. be awesome. Though, that would be I think fucking it. rad. <laughs> right. yeah. I know. I know what we're requesting in the community. Do we have any modders? <laughs> Aliens versus Predator versus Ringling Brothers. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Night Slashers I, it has clown enemies, I believe. I'll count uh, that as a circus. It has an clowns, it's sequence. a circus. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, what I always say. I've got, a, I've got a badge that says that. I know the Warriors has uh, an elevator se or a lift sequence, and it also has the, uh, the mime gang. Uh, yeah, that counts. I don't know if it. I, I have to. I can't recall if it has a subway fight though. I'm is almost. There a has mime? To. Are you, it has. Are to you have. talking about the baseball theories, or is there like a full mime game? Like, oh no, no, there's a full mime game. Oh wow. Uh, they're called. Let's see, Chatterbox do is their do boss. Mime. Wait, they're they do, the don't they? Hats. They do. Yeah. I remember them. <laughs> what an awesome IP. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything. It's got a little something it's for everybody. everybody. Mimes. Uh, Weird Kabuki baseball. Everybody, <laughs> that's a great book too. The great the book is like uh, they're just like miserable hobo kids, and so it's like it sort of makes sense of why they're in weird costumes and nobody has a gun. Like in the movie, mm -hmm. there's just that one precious gun that they like pass around, and it's like yeah, because most movies they explain why no one has guns. Like in a kung fu movie, you're like, why the fuck isn't anyone shooting each other? And the warriors are just like, no one can afford a gun. This is very. Very rare. These are hobo fights. This is how oh, the hobos. Kids. This is how the hobos live and fight. I have seen. This right. is journalism. Well, I remember I, I I had recommended the movie to a, a kid who was working for me, and he was like, "Why don't they just drive?" I'm like, "Buddy, they're they're it's New York. They, yeah. These yeah, they don't know how to drive." I, I will say that I, from what I'm seeing, they don't have a subway 
they have like a warrior street brawl game uh, that came out that does have a subway. There's only the subway station fight, so I'm not going to take the pity point there. So I I will say five is my total. Okay, so um, congratulations, Robert Brockway, on um, winning the haphazardly assembled best beat 'em up <laughs> podcasting uh, game. Uh, thank you, and uh, just as a quick victory speech, uh, I would like to thank myself and fuck both of you. <laughs> Uh, suck it. You'll this is the only time DJ Boy. Right this is the only time DJ Boy and Garry's of the Hood has been mentioned uh, within the capacity of the word win. So. <laughs> yeah, won the category with within the vicinity. It shouldn't be anywhere near it. With games that should be backwards illegal through time. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. August was Dolomite Month on the Hot Dog Discord, so we thought it'd be fun to let Dolomite write one of these. Mules have kicked them, didn't bruise their hide. Rattlesnakes bit them, they just crawled off and died. They handcuffed lightning, split the raging sea. These here are the motherfucking Hot Dog Supremes. Three Finger Louie. Aaron Crossan is a bad motor scooter. Adrian H. Aiden Moat. Alpha Scientist Java, you rat soup eating motherfucker. Unandy, Andreas Larson, Armando Nava, Benjamin Sironen, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock thinks you need to move over and let him pass before they be pulling these hush puppies out your ass. Brian Saylor, if Brianne Whitney ever sees a ghost, she'll cut the motherfucker. Brockway loves the meat millie, aw hell yeah he does. Cyril, Rev, Chance McDermott don't wear no fucking cotton drawers. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B is so bad he kicks his own ass twice a day, Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding knows why I'm not doing the voice, Fancy Shark, Jellahope, Greg Cunningham is his name and fucking up motherfuckers is his game, Hambo, Haraka, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aiden is a low down, oh I can't say this one, Jacob Thornburg is a snake-eating yellow. No, I can't do that one either. James Boyd saw a white woman. Nope. Uh, Jeff Raski is so black. No. Uh, Jeremy Neal once dated a pastor's daughter, and he's... Oh, God. Uh, my man John Dean's wife is so... Not doing that one. John Hector McFarlane met this deaf girl one time, and holy shit, Dolomite. No. John McCammon thinks you're such a mama's boy, you'd... No, skipping that one. If John Minkoff was in Mississippi, no. Josh Fabian is a motherfucking... No, can't see any of those words. Here, Josh S. hopes you ain't as cold as the Windy City, because the way he feels now, baby, he sure could warm you up. Aw, that's a nice one. Thanks for getting us out of that, Josh. Ken Paisley. K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle just wants to see a honky dance. Matt Riley. Max Baroy will get behind you. Get in front of you too. Michael Lair, Michael Wells, Mickey Loman, 
Mike Stiles. Moju once walked from New York City to the deep, deep south just to slap a son of a bitch straight in the mouth. ND, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer. Nick Ralston wants you to listen and listen well. He's that bad motherfucker drove the devil out of hell. Nick H, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rain Vargas. Rhiannon's been known to rise up, but we'll cool down later. Sarkovsky, Spotty Reception, Ted H. Timmy Lee is a no-business, born-insecure, jock-jawed motherfucker. Toasty God, Tom Sakula thinks you bad and you ain't got no class. He's gonna rock this shotgun up your motherfucking ass. Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yossarian wants you out of here in 24 hours and baby, 23 of them are already gone. And Donald Finney don't want no dilapidated, seep-sapping, pigeon-toted, cross-eyed, bow-legged, son-of-a-guns a-messin' with him.